This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Interviews and insight from this week in Cougar Sports. Every Saturday, only on BYU Radio. To lead off, here's the double coverage interview of the week. Ben Bywater on the interception. Ben Bywater may take it to the house. It's a pick six for Ben Bywater. His third pick of the year. And he takes it all the way for the score as the Cougs go on top. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. We just showed you highlights of Ben Bywater, who had some fantastic plays for BYU last year. Show me more, Ben Bywater. And frankly, turned the tide in the New Mexico Bowl game. A water pun? Yes. Bywater? With that pick six. And while SMU was driving, I mean, Jerem, like, Ben Bywater is due for a huge year for BYU. Well, who in their freshman and sophomore years has led BYU in tackles before? I'm not sure that's ever happened. Um, He has a chance to be a four-time leading tackler for the Cougars, which I'm guessing has never happened Not even Rob Morris did that as a freshman. Not even Bobby Morris. Not even the freight train. The freight train, dude. That's tough to do. Did you keep the whistle? Did you steal it? I I did not. We've got the whistle. You've got a whistle? We've got the whistle. We borrowed one from Uh someone. Oh, yeah. One time, but and then yeah, they just donated it. it to the set. <laughs> yeah, where is that whistle? I don't know. Oh, I think we gave it back. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Well, it's a, it's like. Uh, I know we still have one somewhere. It's yes. like the football from the 2000 game against New Mexico, like Lavelle's. That was donated like to BYU, but then it was like when Lavelle passes, this needs to go up to like the Church History Museum or something like that. There was some deal they had. This belongs in, in a museum, in the words of Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. Go see the Dial of Destiny. That was fun. Super fun. Yeah. Ben Bywater was one of five BYU players to join us in Dallas at Media Days. Uh, we had an opportunity to speak with him for just under eight minutes about everything from how Jay Hill has impacted the defense to why he likes this specific linebacker core compared to those he's been on in the past. This is Ben Bywater on BYU Sports Nation. Ben, we've been discussing wardrobe with all of the BYU coaches and players that are here in Dallas. And so we need to address your suit as well. I like it. I like Very, very modern fit. But I, but I need to ask, the the high water pants, like what? Oh, the flood, boys. You, boys. You, show the, you show the ankles. Right. Are you, are you bring personally bringing this yeah, bring back? You never know. You never know <laughs> if the, the lake might over flood and you don't want to get your pants wet. So you got to flood This is a, a trend. Bit. You're clearly buying into this, yeah? Oh, yes. Ben bought in. Been bought in, so hey, it's it's a necessity. You just you don't want to get the bottom of your pants wet. You never know you're gonna be hiking through a river, so you gotta just make sure <laughs> in a suit. the pants are a little higher. Who knew the I'm a teacher now, but I got my Deacon slacks look would ever be cool, uh, but it is cool now, which is it awesome. is cool. It yeah. is cool. Okay, how, how is this experience for you? Because we've like literally prayed that BYU would be in a Power Five one day, and here we are. And this is a massive experience. What's it been like for you so far? Yeah, it's been surreal. I, rem- I remember when I was committing to BYU, like at, at, a, at a high school, right, getting recruited. What I, year was uh, this? This was the 17. Okay. Right? So right before my mission, and I remember there, there was talks about BYU joining the Big 12. It was super cool, super big. And so for it actually to be happening right now is actually it's, it's awesome. So 
could not be more excited for BYU in general, the fan base, the players. It's going to be a it's going to be a great experience. Another benefit of the mission, it gave you two extra years so that you could be in the yep. Big Twelve. You know what I'm and when I was on my mission, they made the redshirt rule, so you yeah. could come back and play four games and still redshirt. Yes. Did you miss so. 2017 as well? Missed that year too. I missed the four and nine year. So, bro, well, uh, your timing's pretty you, good. Did here. you miss much, Ben? <laughs> Didn't miss much. It was uh, it was a good hiatus, you could say. Ben Bywater, BYU linebackers with us on BYU Sports Nation. You've been doing a bunch of interviews and a bunch of people uh, that from you know opposing fan bases and, and opposing media networks interview you. What's the most unique or obscure question you've been asked today? Yeah, they were asking me like two truths and a lie, um, kind of like your your the food you like that other people don't. And if you haven't thought about those questions, like oh. they'll catch you off yeah. guard. So hey, you gotta be you'll be. Quick on the toes today, all right, boys. So it's been it's been good though. Well, you're ready for experience. the flood, so hey. well, it's all good. Hey, baby, hey, be prepared. Scott's <laughs> motto. So. Be prepared. Thanks, Scar. Um, what, you did a thing on BYU Cougar Social where they gave you the a camera. I think it's it was day in the life, right? Yeah. It ended up being a couple of weeks. Walk us through <laughs> the process of how a day became a few weeks. Yeah. So I had it. Well, because I was like, I want to make sure that this day that I record is you know entertaining, and mm-hmm. so. That turned into I was going to wait till Saturday to, f- to film it, and then I just kept the camera till the next week, and I was doing something cool. So I'm like, I'll film this. We'll just add this at 3 p.m. And then, uh, yeah, just unfortunately, but fortunately, kept the camera for three and a half weeks. And so <laughs> it was great. It was no a great big experience. deal. There was some no slow-mo deal, in there at some point, I think. Yeah, right? I was just, yeah. And I, you know, I was just giving my – I was giving my – BYU media team arrest a little bit. You know, I just kept the camera. I just wanted to make sure that they were hanging out, having a good time. It's it's funny. If you haven't seen it, go check it out on BYU Football Social. I love it. We just talked to Tyler Batty a little bit ago about uh, some defensive changes and just the excitement around that side of the ball with the staff coming in. Jay Hill and Sione and Kelly Papinga and Justin Enna and Gennaro obviously sticks around. Kalani's a defensive guy. He's, he's got a great love for the defense. What is the defense doing with those new staff members that is the most significant change that you have noticed to date? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me, and I've, I've said this before, but it's just the culture. And, and to be honest, like, there's a, the X's and O's, you, they're copy and paste. You know, every coach can dial up a different blitz, but it's how hard you're going to get that guy to run the blitz, right? Do you believe in what we're doing? Are the guys bought in? Do they love their coach? Do they love playing for each other? Do they feel like they can go out there and make a difference on Saturday. So I've seen a big change in just Jay Hill bringing that energy, number one, and then just being a guy that you want to play for. So I'm super excited um, when the bullets are flying come this fall, you know, to be out there and getting coached by him and, and playing with my boys alongside. Let's know, talk about the coaches. backers. You and Max return. Yeah. AJ Bong Pacha, certainly a guy that's experienced coming into the mix. Uh, you know, Ace and, and Mike Kafusi come in and, and others, uh, Isaiah Glasker. Did I miss anyone who's kind of really in the mix for the two deep right now? Yeah, I think those guys are, are those guys were the ones playing in the spring. Obviously, Glasker, Ace, and Micah. Ammon Hanneman made a made a jump down from safety to linebacker. Yeah, he's, he's, like he's beefed up. Pounds or beefed something, up. Yeah, and he uh, he looks good. I and I love Ammon. That's one of my guys. Right, he he committed with me out of high school. So I'm really excited. I think him playing on the box will help. You know, play to his strengths. He's a physical player, and so I'm really excited for him to take a next step. Um, Chaz. Chaz, yeah, Chaz. I know he was battling injuries last year, so I'm interested to see, you know, how his body holds up in August. And I would love for him to, you know, put a cherry on top of his career this year and just like, you know, bring just have it all one together. Full healthy yeah, season. Chaz together. would be awesome. Yeah, he's yeah. A, so he's a great player. I really 
I've enjoyed, you know, playing with Chaz um, throughout my career. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot of guys. There's going to be a lot of competition. I'm excited for it and, uh, you know, bring it on. So, BYU linebacker Ben Bywater is on BYU Sports Nation. How much have your responsibilities or will your responsibilities really change from one defense to now this new defense? Yeah, that's a great question. I think for me personally, I'm going to be playing a little bit more to the field this year. Okay. So I, I played Will. I played that rover spot. So who knows? We might just go back and forth, right, just depending on where the ball is placed, what hash it's on. It might just be like a flip-flop, me and Max and or whoever's in the game. So. I'm uh yeah I'm gonna play a little bit more of the Mac is what we call it. Mm-hmm. I played that my freshman year, so back to the roots. Okay. Yeah, the does does okay. more aggression automatically equal more fun for you? <laughs> I yes, I think that's <laughs> yeah 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 hundred percent. And it's fun though. I do like playing in the passing game, right? Obviously, coming off a of blitz when you're just like looking right at the quarterback is is great. So. But I do like kind of diversifying, you know, where I'm playing at. I like playing in the back end, kind of like scraping and, and reading and just let my instincts take over. So it's going to be great. We're going to we're gonna do a little bit of everything. How often do you think about your pick six in the New Mexico Bowl? <laughs> um, not as much as I should, but that was a great, that was a great memory. That was, that was, that was a core memory. That was an incredible memory. play, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. We needed that score in that game. We needed that. And you know what? I was, I was happy I was able to give it to us. So yeah. it was, uh, that was honestly one of the, one of the greatest moments of my, my athletic career, which was awesome, and I loved it. So hopefully we can do you know that ten more times this year. Yeah, you saw Max, and, and you're like, hey, I can I gotta get another pick six. I Let's said, go, hey. right? I said, hey, copy and paste, baby. Let's go. Like, follow your lead. So I was, uh, it was, it was a great play. I loved I it. I was reminded the other day when I rewatched the highlight that SMU was driving, like they're inside the twenty, right? Yeah. I mean, they're they're going into school That's to do a something. Good pick six, right? Yeah. Not all are created equal. That's a good one. Let's yeah. go. Ben, uh, great to have you with us at uh, you know, AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Good luck by the lake. Have fun today. I appreciate <laughs> you, boys. Hey, we're, just, we're prepared. We're, Protect we're prepared your ankles. for everything. Yes. Protect your ankles. Protect Defensively okay. in life. Thanks, Ben. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. That was one of our favorite interviews this week. You're listening to the best of BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. On BYU Radio. BYU Sports Station continues live from Studio B. You've waited long enough. Let's go to New York City, shall we? Yeah. And Rucker Park for the Big 12 event happening at one of the most iconic outdoor basketball venues in the country where BYU basketball head coach Mark Pope joins us. How cool is this? Coach, great to have you on BYU Sports Station. What's the vibe like at Rucker Park right now? We got some of the kids making a cameo right now. Let's go. <laughs> I love it. How's the event thus far? Man, it's so cool. Come on. For, uh, for any diehard basketball fan, Rucker Park is the epicenter of any uh, outdoor court in the world. Uh, there's so much incredible history here. and It's in the greatest city in the world um, with, with some some. Some really great friends at Coach Coast for Super Fun. And it is wet. That's exactly right. <laughs> what's uh, the event been like? And what's it been like to – you've met some of your fellow coaches, but there's some women's coaches, some men's coaches, another piece of innovation from the Big 12 to be in New York City. Yeah. Well, we had, uh, we had a dinner last night. It's just, it's just so great to be around these um, coaches um, in, a, in a less competitive situation where we're just going to sit around and, and tell war stories uh, – it's you know these are all Hall of Fame coaches essentially, and so it's 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 been really fun to spend some time with them and and uh, 
you know, do some recon on the league uh, in person and, and uh, just build some relationships. This league is really tight knit. Uh, these guys care about each other and take care of each other. And it's part of the reason why the league is what it is. Mark Pope is with us from Rucker Park in New York City. I know that that city carries significance for you and for your wife, Leanne, because she spent so many years there as an integral part yeah. of the David Letterman show. So what's it like yeah. just emotionally for you to be back? And is Leanne with you? Yeah, so she's, she's not here at the park right now. She got all kinds of other things to do in the city, but um, it's, uh, this, is, this is a special place to us. It's a great place. I was, and Rucker Park is so special, just the history of basketball. So Mike Boynton is the coach at Oklahoma State. Great dude. Grew up in New York also. Actually grew up in Brooklyn. And I don't know if you can see behind me, yeah. but we're here on Rucker Park. And behind me, you can see this bridge. If, yeah. if you can make it out really, really small. So... When he was a kid, he was out there on that bridge, standing with a thousand other people, looking down on the park, watching Kobe Bryant make a cameo in this park. Right? Oh, man. That's amazing. So everybody from Dr. J coming down here to, like, street legends like Skip to my Lou, who play, uh, played with us uh, with the Milwaukee Bucks, and, uh, you know, as recent as, as KD coming here and put on epic shows. This place is really special. It is so historic. Uh, the most famous kind of outdoor venue for basketball in the world, right? Uh, and then you got the world's most famous arena uh, in New York as well with MSG. As a Columbia med student, did you ever make your way over to Rucker Park? No, I didn't make it past Sylvia's. So I would get off, I would get off at 125th, walk by Sylvia's, which is the best soul food in the world, in my per humble opinion, on the way to Columbia. Uh, but if I, you know, we're up on 155th. I never made it up here, and if I if I if I would have made it up here, I couldn't have gotten a run anyway because I wasn't good enough. So it's a it's a great place. They're not taking six ten white guys. Yeah, well, <laughs> they're taking good players. <laughs> <laughs> um, if BYU had a chance to play in Madison Square Garden, obviously the NIT has moved on from there, or whatever. But you want to be in the NCAA tournament. Would you take a game in MSG against anybody right now? Yeah, in a second. Take it against anybody. I thought I had one worked out against Coach Pacino when he was at Iona. Oh. Um, and then, and then, and I'm going to say this: uh, Coach Pacino bailed on us because I think he was pretty nervous about the game. <laughs> so, so please, somebody send that to him. He'll be so mad at me saying that. <laughs> but it is, it is the greatest arena in the world, and Coach P basically owns it, and so. Uh, yeah, uh, at some point in our tenure, we're going to get a game out here in Madison Square Garden. I can't wait. Coach, this conference and the commissioner, Brett Yormark, man, he's, he, is, he has settled into what he calls positive disruption. And this event, among others that are on the calendar, have really made some noise nationwide about the movement the Big 12 is making. So what does it mean to you to be a part of this conference and be involved in an event like this and, and see the things that are happening for basketball in the conference yeah. and moving to Mexico City potentially for games and doing other yeah. stuff? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I love the energy that Brett is bringing to this league. Clearly, it's already the best basketball league in, in, in the country. But um, he's trying to make it the most uh, profoundly noticed league in, of all sports in the country. And, uh, he's pushing the envelope in every different way. You know, you think about it, uh, we have a million members of the church in, in Mexico. I think over a million members of the church in Mexico. How incredible would it be able to go there and, and, uh, and play an MTE type or exhibition type game? And, and the fact that he wants to, you know, he's, he's a New Yorker. So the fact that he wants to have a presence here is super exciting. And, you know, in, in his conversations with expansion, he's even talking about 
Northeast teams um, potentially being in the league and trying yeah. to have a nationwide reach. And so I love that he's a big ID. He's chasing him really, really hard. Uh, I think he's probably the, the right guy at the right time for this league. Um, it's already such a, I mean, it's, 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 it's the most dominant league in, in all of college basketball. So uh, he's just trying to grow it even better. It's pretty, I mean, come on, man. Like, we're all so excited to be a part of this. So Cougar Nation been waiting for this for a long time, for 107 years, give or take a decade. And, and um, it, we're here. So let's go. Coach, I know you got rained on a little bit. We hope that it uh, dries off in a hurry, and we're looking forward to that schedule when it comes out, man. Very excited about that. Hey, I need you guys to jump on a plane and be out here tonight. I got a couple three-on-three games cooking, so I need I need a couple <laughs> wingmen. Let's go. Someone three. to pass you the ball? Hey, okay. three, three and no D. That's my game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, boys. Thanks, Coach. Mark Pope with us on BYU Sports Station from Rucker Park. Big Rucker 12 park. in the park. And they're doing a kids clinic, which is super cool and meaningful and giving back. Yeah, and it's a great event Mark's got so much history there. Yeah, for those that don't know, Leanne was David Letterman's executive assistant for a long time. They later met. Like, they didn't get married when they were uh, younger. She had worked at ESPN, yeah. then did that, and then they kind of met. She was doing some stuff for Dave in the offseason in Indianapolis. He was playing for the Pacers, so that worked out, which was kind of fun. Their, their first date... Um, you know, I, I think there was like a, a nephew involved there. It, go listen to the Deep Blue podcast. Yeah, they really tell interesting, story. really fun. It's really fun. Okay, after further review, brand new season. Season uh, debut coming up next Tuesday, 7 Eastern time, as the guys look to break down all things Cougar football. Starts next week and continues uh, into December. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented by Feast Box, donating 10% of every order to Full of Hope, a charitable organization that feeds hungry families. Let's go ahead and start off our trending topic with a very intriguing stat of the day. All right. Ba, 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 da, ba. The there we go. <laughs> BYU men's basketball returned 69% of its production next year. That is the most of any team in the powerful Big 12 Conference. Almost 70%, Jerome. Does that number and the returning production somehow change or alter your expectations for the Cougars in year one of what is just a daunting Big 12 onslaught. Yeah, BYU's winning this thing. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> thanks to John Rothstein of CBS Sports for uh, you know tweeting this out. It is interesting, though, that BYU returns the most. Now, returning players doesn't mean you're going to be good, per se. Um, what if those players stunk? I think the returning production from BYU were good players. Uh, it's exciting. Foose, Dallin Hall, Spencer Johnson, Jackson Robinson, mm -hmm. Richie Saunders, and a couple others. That's a really nice core going into next year. Um, and a guy like Dallin Hall had to play earlier than I think expected, and uh, he did a nice job, right? Um, Spencer Johnson shot 46% for three. You always welcome that back. So that notable awesome. additions. Now, Trevor Nell is not returning production because he didn't play last year. So he is an added piece to this team because he sat out last year with the shoulder issues. Ali Khalifa, Quez Glover, 
Dawson Baker, okay. perhaps still one more. It seems like they're very active and going after people. That's nice. But it doesn't mean that BYU is going to be higher than 13th in the preseason poll. I expect BYU to be in the bottom two as to what kind of the media thinks will happen. It's either BYU or UCF, you would think. Probably. And, and that's okay. Um, our hope for BYU basketball uh, men's this season is that they are in the conversation. Um, if they make the tourney, hey, that's great. But if they don't, they need to be in the conversation. BYU was not remotely close to being in the conversation in the final kind of six to eight weeks of the season last year, and that was disappointing. So that returning production's nice, but again, familiarity doesn't mean quality always. But I think in this case, BYU's got some really nice uh, pieces coming back, led by Foose and Dallin Hall and Spencer Johnson and Jackson Robbins. What is the conversion rate of said production that happened in the West Coast Conference in the Big 12? Like, will all of those averages, scoring averages, rebounding averages, shooting percentages maintain as BYU moves into the toughest conference in America with better defenders, better teams, tougher venues to play in, more pressure? Does that maintain? So, yeah, I look at that and I'm like, "This this is nice, but what does it mean in the Big 12? Because we are basing this returning production off of what BYU did against West Coast Conference teams. And in Cincinnati's case, and Houston, and UCF, what they did in the American, but the American was a tougher basketball conference than the West Coast Conference. And Houston was legit. They exactly. were a one seed. They're a Gonzaga, right? They're a Gonzaga. And the rest of the teams, obviously, have been Recently. in the Big 12. So their scoring production and these numbers happened against the current Big 12. So what's the conversion rate is for me? Is it a downtick by 2% shooting percentage? Is it uh, you average one or two points fewer against Big 12 teams? Or does BYU maintain that and, dare I ask, get better in some regards? Because we want the players, like, we, we naturally think progression. Like, year to year, if you have experience, there's this idea, like, if you have experience, you're better. You're going it to automatically get better. It doesn't, doesn't work that way. Yeah, that's the hope, certainly. But not everybody gets better year over year. So I feel like there is, yes, some players will get better, even in a tougher conference, and then there will be a drop-off from a few others. Even the transfers. You know, we brought up the three transfers. Like, we expect them to be immediate impact players. Their production in whatever conferences they were in before this, probably not going to be the same. Wes Glover's not going to average 14, I don't think, in the Big 12. Yeah, or the 19 that he averaged two years ago. Or the 19 two years ago. Playing for Samford. Yeah, he doesn't need to. Like, BYU needs somebody. Like, who's the best player on the team walking into the year? I don't know. I don't know who it is. Like, I hope it's Jackson Robinson in the end. Right. I hope it's, uh, you know, an Ali Khalifa type person. The Big 12 probably thinks it's Foose. Foose, just because of familiarity, though, yes. not because of what he's going to actually do in the league. He's going to actually get lined up against power forwards, which is nice, but he's still going to be undersized against many of those guys. But now he's not going to be relied on to play the five. Foose actually has maybe an easier transition because he'll get a proper guard against him, meaning a proper defender, not a guard per se. Dallin Hall's intriguing as well. What kind of jump can he make? Will he even be the starter? Um, or will it be a... Uh, situation like last year where he is a starter and Quez Glover comes off the bench. I don't know. I think there's some depth on the guard line. Like how's nice, which is great. How quickly can Trevin Nell integrate into this? Is he the same shooter that he was last year? We hung out with him on the piece on the NOAA analytics in the, uh, 
Marriott Center Annex, and we saw him make 81 of 100 uncontested threes. I was like, that's pretty good. Is that normal? Like, <laughs> that's that's pretty good. Can you do it in the game? Does Richie Saunders continue to be the energy guy off the yeah. bench? How deep can you go? Is Dawson Baker automatically a starter on this team? It seems like it as a senior and, and a guy that he might be the sixth man. Led his team to a, a Big West regular season title. There are some options there. Is there like an NBA guy, like a clear talent number one on this team? Not not yet. But let's let's see what this team look looks like because the dynamic is a little different. I like the familiarity coming back certainly, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean they're going to automatically recreate what they did from last year. Like if Spencer Johnson can approximate forty six percent from In last the year, twelve crazy. Like if he shoots thirty eight percent, I'm good. That would be quite the dip, right? Just shoot high thirties, and I am fine with it. What is Noah Waterman in all of this too? Because um, Noah has some Noah has some real attributes. But off the dribble, it's going to be tough for him to get involved that way. Is he just a catch-and-shoot guy that draws uh, an opposing power forward out to the three-point line and opens up the lane? We'll see what that looks like. To me, Jackson Robinson is the most ready to step into a league like this and be like, okay, I've been in the SEC. He didn't play a lot, but like, okay, now is the time to him to kind of make that jump. He went into college at 17 years old. I think he's like 19 now. He's still very young. Foose is young. It's, it's an exciting core. I don't expect them to make the tourney per se, but I'd love to be in the hunt for that. And, hey, maybe they're better than we all think, and they make the tourney. St. Mary's, and this is no disrespect to what the Gales did last year. But we don't mind disrespecting St. Mary's, typically. Was at best. Okay, They were at the peak of the West Coast Conference for much of the year. They were the number one team. At best, they're a middle-of-the-pack Big 12 team last year. At best. At best. Yes. Like, Gonza like even Gonzaga is, like, maybe the fourth or fifth best team in the Big 12 last year. Yeah, Gonzaga is interesting. They're anywhere, yeah, they're up near the top. But they would do what Kansas uh, and Baylor and, and Houston would do, which is you're going to lose uh, three or four games. Yes. Like, in league, they lose, like, one game, maybe two. Three teams in the Big 12 went to the Elite Eight. Gonzaga went to the Elite Eight. That was awesome. Yeah, they always go to the Sweet 16, at least. I didn't think that Gonzaga was better than any of the other three teams of the Big 12 that made the Elite Eight, just head-to-head. -head. So even if Gonzaga is the fourth-best team in the conference and St. Mary's is, like, middle of the pack, that's just to give you some context as to where that level of basketball was last year. So to answer the initial question, with this returning production of what BYU did as the fifth-place team in the West Coast Conference, remember? I would forgotten about that <laughs> on purpose. Like, does this change your <laughs> expectations for the Cougars? No. It does not change my expectations at all. Yeah, expect, who's like, yeah, they're, no. yeah. I expect BYU what? to win 17 games, and I'm sticking with that. And let's be honest, they got to get a lot of those in non-con. I, I think BYU is good enough with the Marriott Center Magic and these teams visiting Provo for the first time, and the crowd's going to be absolutely bonkers. And from what I'm being told from athletics, like tickets are going to be very tough to come across. Yep. It, it's a tough ticket because people are going to pack that place. It's going to be loud. It's going to be exciting. BYU's going to win some big games in the Marriott Center this year. They're yep. going to love it. There'll be a handful that we're like, dude, that was awesome. Yeah. So what if they go four and four in the Marriott Center? I'd take it right now, Spence. Or four and five. Like whatever It'll be it is. nine, yeah. Yeah. Four I'll and five take and then four and five right now. Two and seven on the road, depending on who they play and what happens. And a hard, couple of nights they shoot the three well. Yeah. Like BYU won a few road games. 6-12 and 12 is where my expectations are, and then a decent non-conference, which has been lightened up a little bit 
17 wins. That, those are my expectations. Yeah. And, and that's and me thinking probably that, barely out. Yeah. I think BYU is going to be better than they were last year, just with that natural yeah. progression. Be- BYU has a better roster, 100%, than last year. But no, we, we've stated this early. Like, I, I set my expectations knowing <laughs> after the transfers were here and what's coming back that I, BYU is just running into an absolute gauntlet. I said them before, Spence, where it was just like, okay, what's the bare minimum <laughs> to just be in the hunt, right? It's okay. Six wins in the Big 12 in year one in that basketball yeah. conference is okay. BYU probably needs two or three guys better than anybody on the roster for us to feel like, yes, they will make the tourney in the future. <sighs> like, they've got to raise that. And Mark Popa said, yeah. we need more money for NIL. Like, in basketball, you're literally buying yes. quality. I, can't, I cannot believe that, you know, we're sitting here and saying, yeah, go 6-12 and 12 in conference. It'll be okay. But well, we're here. Well, we're uh, yeah, here. okay, not good. Okay. Uh, it's relatively good as opposed to actually good. And I hope BYU surprises us. Yeah. That, see, that's the thing. I we can sit here in July and, and, and prognosticate, but ultimately if they play and they win games, great. Amazing. We, we want BYU to go 18-0 in yes. the league. Like, come Amen. on now. Come Amen. On now. We know who pays us. But expectations shifting because of this stat? No. No. Uh, okay, because, topic two. Because it's July 19th, let's have some fun. Uh, yes. <laughs> Would you rather have season tickets to men's basketball or football this season? <laughs> oh, man. Do I have to pick? Both are awesome, right? Both are fantastic. Both are fantastic. And it's because it's year one of the Big 12. Yeah. Like, Next okay. year, we'll maybe feel differently. Football is king, but BYU's Wait, playing I thought in the most exciting, most challenging basketball conference in America. Yeah. And I'm thinking that there will be at least – Five or six guaranteed home run games for basketball. Oh, like, we got up for St. Mary's. There's like four or five Gonzagas. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And it doesn't matter. like amazing. Whoever's left off, like, BYU's going to play every team at least once. Yeah. We don't know which teams will be in the Marriott Center yet, but it's a safe bet that there will be at least five Gonzaga-level games in the Marriott Center. It's going to be unbelievable. Like, <laughs> as good as we think... I love a good just random Cosmo clip from a football game, uh, which just happened. It's, uh, as good as you think king. football is, football's king. But. Basketball is a more intriguing home schedule because chances are you could play at Kansas and home Kansas. I mean, that's awesome. If you have Kansas in the Marriott Center, Baylor, like the possibility Houston, is, Baylor, Kansas State was amazing last year. Texas was unbelievable. Two seed, like Texas keep, Tech has keep a great going. program. Yes, like. Every game. Who are you not excited about playing in the Big 12, by the way? Is UCF just the one where you're Maybe. like, okay. Yeah, like, UCF's like a Santa Clara game for me. Where it's like, hey. Cool. That's a good game, good but team. it's not. Good team. Not, ex- like not quad super two. Exciting. Like, yes. there are no. There might not be a single quad three at home in the Big 12. If it is, it's probably UCF. <laughs> like, because it's outside be the top 75. Top 75. Yeah. Right. But, yeah. Like, That'll be wild. Even UCF. It's interesting. West it's Virginia. Intriguing. I go, dude, West Virginia. Absolutely. Who's the head coach? And who knows? There's we a lot of drama going on there, right? I didn't, I didn't get out of Everything this head coaching job. Everything is exciting. Like, no. as, as cool as it is to have Oklahoma on senior night for football, and I am a football fan. Like, people ask me all the time, really? what's, what's the number one sport you love to watch? And I'm like, oh, college it's, football. Oh, it's football. College football. Calling is different because we're not, like, in the football yes. men's hoops as much. You sometimes sub in. Like, and now it's the ESPN Plus here. Like, we're out of it. Um, uh, for football, men's basketball, it's like mm, men's volleyball, women's volleyball, women's soccer, like that's all fun. If we're talking season tickets to just go and enjoy as a fan, and I have to pick one for year one of the Big Twelve, it's basketball. 
because I'm guaranteed just an exciting game basically every conference home game night. Let me tell you other reasons why it's men's basketball, but in addition to the reasons you just said. Because it's not going to be cold, and it won't be at 8.20 and go till like, midnight. Okay? Those logistical reasons, like, basketball is predictably about two hours, right? Soccer is the ultimate go-to sport, by the way. It's just a hair under two hours. Yeah. It never goes over unless it's like a playoff game or something. Now, what's interesting about this... It's awesome. So, I'm with you. I I think I say men's hoops, man. We posted a poll this morning. Yeah. Okay. And currently, the answers are 79% in favor of football. Is that because men's hoops struggled last year? The expectation of what BYU will do against said team? Yeah. I'm excited about seeing the opponents. Right now, people are down on men's hoops quite a bit. Like, eh, oh, no, we didn't make the NIT. Like, okay, you have an off year. BYU's going to have years they don't make a bowl game in the Big 12. Like... It, this is tougher. Um, but the oppo- is it about the opponents? Is it about BYU against the opponents? Is it, I just like football more than men's hoops? Like, yeah, it's, it's interesting, man. But February is going to be awesome because I'm not a skier snowboarder in, living in Utah. So what I need in February to not be seasonally depressed is compelling men's basketball. Like, I need on that dark, dreary, 5 p.m. sunset Wednesday night, February 14th or 17th, not Valentine's Day, I need, like, something interesting. <laughs> and it's going to happen in the Marriott Center. On that dark, dreary Valentine's night. Seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, I love football, too. Like, this is a difficult question. Yeah. What but, if I said you had season tickets to all the other sports or one of these? You and I are big Olympic sports fans. That doesn't resonate, I think, with the audience as much. That's tough, too. Yeah. Plus, we're not in the ticket game anyway, but... <laughs> We, uh, we love Cougar Nation that shows up, man. I love oh, my it. For goodness. For every sport, by the way, just me on my soapbox, and you agree with this. The fact that we get to show up to these, uh, you and I call the Olympic sports for the most part. We go to these games, and you guys show up at, like, everything. It is so awesome. Keep it up in the Big 12. It's going to be fun. Like, women's soccer on a Saturday night against whoever, it's like, dude, this is going to be packed. It's going to be a big game. You guys do such a good job of that. Keep well, it. and that will level up as well in the Big 12. The fans will Absolutely. show out. Our question of the Absolutely. day, would you rather have season tickets for BYU football <laughs> or BYU men's basketball for year one specifically in the Big 12? This is a great July 19th question. <laughs> and it's relevant because <laughs> basketball ticket purchases are happening right now. Single yeah. game tickets for football go on sale in a little bit. Ben Peterson on Twitter says, football. There is just something Mm. about the atmosphere at a football game. Agreed. Yeah, it's special, for sure. And that may be due to the scarcity of home games. Six times a year, like very special days, right? I've been in some electric basketball games, but that seems to be the exception more than the rule. We think that it will become the rule. We think it will become the rule this year with the Big 12. Until this year. I think every Big 12 game is St. Mary's Plus. Electric. (laughs) Like, There's no more Pepperdines or Pacifics walking into the Merritt Center, okay? (laughs) It's it's not going to happen. That Cougar Stats. Game conference play. On Twitter says, when you line up premier home games over the last 40 years for football and basketball, it is irrefutable that basketball has had the short end of the stick. It's beyond time for basketball, the basketball home schedule, to finally shine. So he's, and it will. So he's, he's talking about the schedule itself yes. as opposed to any reason to go to a game. Listen, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Cincinnati, I, like those games in Lavelle Edwards Stadium are going to be awesome. Yes, and it's not even – like you don't even get Texas. You know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. one of those. You don't get Kansas State. Um, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Oh, man. At least we got Oklahoma. You know what I mean? And on Senior Night. And on Senior Night. That's awesome. Okay, uh, season premiere of After Further Review is coming up next Tuesday as Dave, Blaine, David break down the dangerous duo of Puka Nakua 
and Jaron Hall. The season premiere of After Further Review is next Tuesday night on the BYU TV app. Up next, arguably the most athletic player on BYU's football team. Whoa. The punter, Ryan Rico. Our fascinating conversation with him from Big 12 Media Days. Has he ever considered changing positions? This is BYU Sports Nation. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Make sure to follow BYU Sports Nation on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and Threads. The show rolls on in Studio B. I am Spencer. He is Jerem. Let's get to today's headlines. Women's Basketball Conference matchups are out. Cougars play 18 conference games, five pairs, one-offs. Okay. The home and road games are with Cincinnati, Houston, Iowa State, Kansas, and TCU. The home only are Baylor, Oklahoma, Texas Tech, and West Virginia. The road only are Kansas State, Oklahoma State, Texas, and UCF. Texas on the road only. No Shaylee Gonzalez to Provo game. Ah. And now, in football, women's volleyball, women's soccer, and women's basketball, Texas is not coming to Provo in any of those four. What is up with that? That's unfortunate. That's disappointing. Why no Texas in Provo in any of those sports? If men's hoops has no Texas in Provo, I got a real issue. I got an issue right now. Why is none of those sports, why are none of those yeah. sports coming to Provo? That said, Weird. Oklahoma and Baylor having to play in Provo and BYU not having to play at Oklahoma or at Baylor. That is nice. It's really nice. BYU played Oklahoma at home last year. And, and Baylor's off. Had them on the ropes. Yep. There's a better BYU women's basketball team. We'll see what happens the second go around. Offensive lineman Kingsley Suomataia of BYU football, named to the Pro Football Focus All Big 12 first team. He was also recently named to the All Big 12 preseason first team. Kingsley has been projected as a first round draft pick in 2024 by multiple national entities, including ESPN and Fox Sports, everywhere from 9th to 28th. So you decide. Cody Epps, wide receiver, made the second team. Connor Pay, Tyler Batty, and Ben Bywater on the Pro Football Focus All Big 12 third team. Colorado Chancellor Phil DiStefano told the Denver Post the Pac-12 new media partners will be presented to the league's chancellors and presidents today by Pac-12 Commissioner George Klyovkov. DiStefano also said at this point the league is staying together and the goal is to stay in the league. The media day is tomorrow in Vegas. Those are today's headlines. Let's opinionate in the whip. Cougar Whip Around presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Sports Illustrated reports Steve Young is going to be an assistant coach for... His daughter's high school flag football. Oh. Is this the next natural, normal step in Steve's career? Yes, family time. He, he is a huge family guy. I mean, the last interview we did with him, he pulled over to the side of the road and he was in carpool in his minivan. Yeah, he's got a venture capitalism company. <laughs> he was doing ESPN, obviously was let go there. Uh, this is like go, the bishop being released and then he's in the primary. That's the equivalent. Okay. You go from Monday Night Countdown to coaching. Like, that's awesome. But like you can, cool. you can have fun, it's your family, It's that's great. Hey, you know a network that's family friendly that could benefit Steve at some point if he decides he wants to do more television? BYU TV and BYU Sports Nation. Can we Sports afford uh, I don't know. We're going to shell it out? Let's, let's go. Uh, let's see what we can do though. Go. ESPN's latest fantasy football rankings have Jamal Williams number 39 in the running backs list. 39th best running back? Does this surprise you? Yeah, given that he led the NFL in rushing touchdowns last year, um, is he the number one on the 
on the Saints. No, that would be Alvin Kamara, but he's certainly in contention for number two right there. So I, I would think he'd be in the top 20, 25 uh, at least, if if not kind of late teens. Yes, and that would suggest that he could go to a number of NFL teams and be the number one guy, which I think he could absolutely do right now if given the opportunity. Like Jamal Williams can be a number one back in the right system if he's given that opportunity. Right now, he's the number two behind Kamara, and that's fine, but 39, too low. I'd probably put him somewhere between 25 and 30. Colts just dropped their alternate uniform for the upcoming season. Twitter says they look like BYU. They do. Uh, Blake Freeland's going to wake up and be like, am I still wearing BYU uniforms? What do you think? I'm okay with the helmet. I think the helmet's kind of cool. The black and then the blue, uh, what is that called? The uh, Colts blue? No, no, no. No, like, is it the horseshoe? Yeah, the horseshoe. Yes, the horseshoe. Technically, mm -hmm. yes. I like the blue horseshoe. But I'm not a fan of the uniforms overall. The, it's too generic. But the, the striping makes it look like BYU. It, makes it, it of, does make it look like BYU. There's a lot of non-BYU fans saying, this is BYU. <laughs> <laughs> Which is hilarious. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair assessment. So, I, I don't know. Tough. It's, the Colts are, are they're feeling the heat right kind now. Kind of the opposite of the Seahawks throwback that came out yesterday, which looks amazing. Looks amazing. Maybe we buried the lead here, Jerem. We did. The University of Cincinnati has announced the kickoff time for their matchup against Pitt. Yep. As well as television information. Guess who is broadcasting that game? The CW. I love the arrow in the flesh. Here is the official BYU Sports Nation statement on the matter. We in Studio B would like to be the first to say that the CW is a fine, respect respectable broadcasting entity and that any athletic conference associated with the CW should be excited to broadcast over those airwaves. End statement. <laughs> I think you said it well. Good luck to the Pac-12 on their TV. Can't wait to watch Gilmore Girls after Pitt and Cincinnati play. That's kind of a good doubleheader right there. <laughs> Tomorrow is our final Friday special, aka final Friday off with the 2001 Football Reviewable Show as so we look back in one of the most intriguing, exhilarating, disappointing finishes to a BYU season ever tomorrow noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Still on the way, our conversation with Oklahoma quarterback Dylan Gabriel. Yes, that Dylan Gabriel who used to play at UCF. Viva Boca Raton. <laughs> this is BYU Sports Nation. Noah? This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live in Studio B. Teamed up with Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. Recently I had a chance to speak with a guy who's making his way up the ranks of professional baseball. Daniel Schneeman, former BYU Batcat, has worked his way to AAA and he's knocking on the doors of the majors. Here's my one-on-one -on -one with Mr. Schneeman. We have tracked down Daniel Schneeman, who is playing some of the best baseball of his professional career at the AAA level. Daniel, great to have you on the show. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Yeah, thanks for having me on. How's life essentially on the road right now uh, in the AAA ranks? Yeah, um, I mean, if you compare the travel to to low A or or high A ball, it's it's definitely a lot better. The the buses are nicer. Um, <laughs> if it's longer than like six or seven hours, we fly. So 
there's definitely some advantages to to being up here and um you know it's it's been a lot of fun this year now it's pretty remarkable what you deal with as a pro ball player you're married to former BYU women's softball player Ali Schneeman she's now on the staff uh, as a coach just got hired you have a beautiful child together how do you manage your professional career while she's in Provo doing her thing and you have a baby as well. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely tough being away. Um, I guess the one good thing is that right now it's uh it's kind of her off season as well. So she, she's actually coming up and she'll be with me tomorrow. They both will her and Kendall. Um, so, you know, we just try to work around our schedules and, and she tries to come up here whenever she is, whenever she has time off or when she can. Um, but I guess all we can do is FaceTime is when we're away. So luckily, uh, you know, we're in the 20, 21st century and we uh, and we are, we're able to do that. So that helps a lot. Fantastic. Uh, and, and I mean, needless to say, uh, y- you are finding a way to succeed at the AAA level dealing with all these you know difficulties. And you've taken this next step. Uh, I feel like every day I'm on Twitter, I see something from, you know, Cleveland Guardians perspectives or like prospects and it's you you're hitting another home run you've hit a career high this season uh correct me if I'm wrong is it eight or nine right now eight eight right now okay so the career best eight home runs right now what has what would you attribute your rise in baseball and, and this you know this uptick in your game this season to yeah, I mean I struggled a bit last year um and so just this this offseason I really tried you know, making some adjustments. Um, you know, me and Jackson Clough were able to work work with uh, work with each other, and and Trent was able, allowed us to work with the team every day at a, at BYU. And so, I don't know, just just getting in the cages, getting in the weight room. Um, you know, trying to fix our mechanics, our approach, just find something that'll help us be successful. Um, you know, it's just it's just a lot of work that we put in, and and it's really good to uh, to see some of that work pay off, at least to this point of the season. You're a very versatile player, uh, speaking defensively, and can help a team in a lot of different defensive positions. So, how would you rank which you prefer the most? Um, I, I think I feel most comfortable at shortstop. Uh, just playing there all through college, growing up. Um, but honestly, I don't really care where I play. If uh, you know, if, if I find a spot in the lineup, then I'll, I'll get behind the dish if I have to. <laughs> but um, whether it's first base or I mean, I've stuck to mostly third base and shortstop this year, um, so a little bit of second base as well. But, yeah, like I said, I, I don't really mind where I play um, as long as I'm in the lineup. So, you know, whatever whatever gets me to the big leagues, uh, I promise I won't complain when I'm playing if I'm in the big leagues. <laughs> hey, from what you're doing and what we're seeing, it doesn't feel like that is, you know, far off and that, that the dream is very much within your grasp. Um, what do you feel like you have to work on to 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 get to that ultimate top level? Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to take it day by day. Um, I'm just trying to focus on, you know, what's what's had me success this year. Um, I'd be lying if I if I did, if I said I didn't think about, you know, getting that call up every once in a while. Um, but but yeah, it's uh, it's just it's there's so many things that that can you know occupy your occupy your mind, um, and so I just. Like I said, I just try to take it day by day, one at bat at a time, and and obviously I hope that time comes, um, whether it's this year or next year or, or whenever. Um, but yeah, just especially learn some of the things I did at BOU with, with uh, Craig, 
uh, just like the mental part of it and just, just yeah. trying to stay present. Um, and then just, like I said, focus on what's, what's helped me have, have success this year. I don't know how it works within an organization when you are hoping to get that call up and you have been playing so well, but uh, what's the communication like? Is it pretty quiet? Uh, and then all of a sudden just happens. Like you've gone from, you know, single A to high single A to double A to triple A. Like what, what's that promotion communication like? Yeah, it just happens right away. Um, there's not much communication. Um, like my teammates who have gotten called up this year, it's just after the game, the, your manager will call you in and, and boom, it just happens like that. So uh, it's definitely a business. So a lot of things have to happen um, with me not being on the 40-man roster as well. So it's, like I say, yeah, a lot of things have to happen. Um, but, you know, when and if it does, it would just be, you know, out of nowhere. And it's something I wouldn't really be uh, – be uh, expecting i guess so yeah just um i mean i guess it'll be a good thing if i ever hear my manager call me into the office <laughs> <laughs> we'll hope for that and then send you yeah. some early byu sports nation karma to uh, eventually get that <laughs> into the manager's office yeah uh, what type of feedback are you getting from your triple a hitting coaches and you know the guys that you you trust their opinions yeah they're really positive um you know i actually have the same hitting coach i did last year from akron um, so he's traveled with me this year, and and so yeah, just a, just a lot of communication on on uh, the things that I might have had that have helped me have success this year, um, and so you know, they 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 give us a lot of info uh, with scattering reports and video and just things that we might doing good or bad mechanically. So, I mean, he's been helping me out a lot up here, and and just you know going day by day and. And uh, just trying to make adjustments here and there, just just help help us, uh, you know, be successful throughout the rest of the year. What a rise for Daniel Schneeman! And I mean, I'm I'm not sure there's much more he can do right now, playing at his current pace, to like make an impression on the big organization to get called. It's, he just has to consistently do it, and then eventually it's gonna it's gonna happen. Yeah, Schneeman's interesting because he's not listed as a top 30 prospect, and they at middle infield, and they have five dudes that are. Yeah. So he continues to sort of overcome not right. being on that list. And so hopefully he gets a shot. We'll make that full interview available on our BYU uh, Sports Nation social media accounts. Great stuff from Mr. Schneeman. All right. The best of BYU Sports Nation. We'll be right back. Rise and shout for the trending topics of the week here on the best of BYU Sports Nation. That said, rise and shout. Let's get to what's trending. What's trending? Brought to you by Feastbox. Donating 10% of every purchase to Full of Hope, charitable organization feeding hungry families. Jerem, we spent a lot of great time in Dallas at Big 12 Media Days. In fact, it exceeded our expectations. I thought you were going to say eating feast box, which is also the case. We also recently did that, and uh, it was it was great. At Media Days, I for a moment my perceptions changed just a little bit based on conversations I had with BYU opponents. So my question for you today is, and I'll finish my thought in a moment, did talking to all the coaches and players and being around the Big 12 media 
alter your expectations for what BYU can do or will do in 2023? I certainly felt like BYU belonged. Not only BYU TV, but BYU, right, in that space. Uh, but ultimately, no. Because, again, two unknowns going into the season. One, how are the 21 portal uh, transfers going to fit in? How are they going to elevate BYU? How are they going to ass uh, assimilate into what BYU's been doing, which has been pretty successful the last three seasons with 29 wins? And then the other is, how hard is being in a Power 5 conference? What's it going to like week to week? It look like over 10 games. I don't know the answer to that. So, unlike last year, I'm keeping expectations low, which is, hey, make a bowl game and let's build from there. BYU could certainly be better than that. BYU could be worse than that. Hopefully, BYU at least makes a bowl game. So, while those conversations were interesting and fun and informative and enlightening, it didn't really change how I feel about BYU, which is I'm not exactly sure on uh, those two, two things I mentioned. When we finished our conversation with Neil Brown, who was the head coach of West Virginia, and he brought up and was not happy at all, understandably, about the Mountaineers being picked to finish last in the conference, and then he listed off every reason why they should be better than 14th. For a moment, I thought, holy cow, this conference is a bear. There really are no gimmies, and BYU's got to go to West Virginia in early November and make Long that cross-country trip. Yeah. I have, in my mind, been thinking... It's a very winnable game for BYU. But then I was like, is it? Because based on history, BYU has not performed well in that scenario when you have to travel two time zones, especially if it's an early kickoff. So if Fox or ESPN or ESPN Plus labels that as like a noon kickoff or a 1.30 kickoff. Well, it's probably going to be early because I'm guessing it'll be on ESPN Plus. That's not one of the more enticing matchups in the Big 12 this year. That typically does not bode well for BYU. So again, I thought, maybe, maybe that's not a, a really good chance for BYU to win. I, I don't know. And so then I started yep. looking at the schedule again, and I was like, man, is six wins going to be tough? Is, is, is it going to be difficult to get to six wins for, for BYU? So I had this probably 10 to 15-minute period so following the interview. So it changed you negatively. I was like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's just going to be very, very difficult. Uh, but then... I started thinking, okay, Keaton Slovis, Aiden Robbins, offensive line's really good, tight end group's solid, Isaac Rex is healthy, the wide receiver core is pretty deep. Upgraded overall. It's you deep. You lose the superstar right? in Puka. Kept Cody Epps. Yep. Jay Hill is the defensive coordinator. New energy, new staff on that side of the ball. Couldn't be worse, probably. Right. And then I was like... At least that. <laughs> no. I stand by what I said. Yeah. Like, the talent... And BYU's run through independence, having played so many high-level opponents, not 10 consecutively in the Power 5 ranks, but they have ramped up. They, it's, it's made them as ready as they could be as an yeah, independent totally. coming from a G5 before that. They're like, the most ready Power 5-included team ever. Because the other teams may have been ready, but they never had the schedules like this is what I mean. Yes. So in BYU... They will win six games. I still stick with seven. But after that interview specifically, there was a little bit of a freakout moment where I thought, holy cow, this, this conference is so tough. You want to go back to Indy? So closely contested. No, I do not. Please, no. <laughs> oh, the Mountain West? The margin of error is so razor thin. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to what we were discussing earlier this week with Brett McMurphy when he said to me, I feel like there are 
seven teams in this conference that could swing from five to seven wins. Like, they're all so close together. Yep. And he has BYU as one of those teams in that group. Yep. And that's, that's fair, especially coming from his, you know, national perspective. But I, I lean seven to BYU. I'm sticking with it. I, I had a fleeting moment of doubt. How dare I? It's a normal human experience. <laughs> if but, you don't, I'd question whether you're but a robot. I'm, but I'm back to seven. Six at yeah. worst. Six at worst for this team with this much talent, assuming things have not gone just terribly wrong with injuries. And, and maybe in certain spaces, BYU is better than they were before. Like, it's just hard to imagine that Keaton Slovis could be better than Jaron Hall. You know what I mean? Jaron was really good. Yes. But what if he is? It's hard to imagine that Kingsley Suamataia will be an upgrade at left tackle from fourth-round pick Blake Freeland, but what if he is because he's getting first-round buzz? That means he could be better, right? There's yeah. people who think he'll be better. Yeah. Is there a receiver that will put up more production and be better than Puka Nakua? If some, like if Chase Roberts is healthy all year and Cody Epps, they can have more yards, catches, and touchdowns than Puka, but can they make that play against Boise State? Can they have that game against Boise State, 14 for 150 or whatever? Like, is there that guy? I'm not sure, but like Cody Epps needed last year, he needed an opportunity. Right now, we don't know several elements that are going to happen in mm. the season that we mm. cannot see. A.J. Vankpacha was unbelievable this year. Like, all kinds of things. Wow, L.J. Martin as a freshman came in and rushed for 600 yards. Like, we don't know those answers quite yet. Uh, but I'm, Jackson Cravens on the defensive line, wow, he was the next Kairos Tonga and had three and a half sacks and was a real block eater there because Isaiah Banya and Tyler Batty combined for 12 and a half sacks. Like, we don't know those answers, but I'm excited to see it because I think the overall talent has upgraded. Just specifically, it's hard to be like, this guy better than this guy, this guy better than this guy, therefore BYU will be better. And the schedule's tougher. How many reps does BYU get up on the bar that now has more weight on it? We, we'll see. We'll see uh, this season, which we're stoked about. Listen, there's going to be a tough year here and there where BYU's good, but there are injuries, or guess what? The league's just really stinking good. Sometimes it's not all about you. Yeah. It's about you in that environment, and maybe you're not good enough, and you got to elevate in some way. This is the least, to me, this is one of the least talented teams BYU will ever field in the Big 12. What I mean by that is BYU's going to get increasingly better. They will recruit at a higher level. Therefore, we'll look back and go, oh, we thought that was like a good squad walking into the season. Now BYU is getting more four stars on the reg, more three stars. They're not relying on hopefully Tyler Algier goes from linebacker walk-on to superstar running back. While you still could have those, you're bringing in proven guys that, that get to the next level as well. We all hope BYU is like Oklahoma State, who is just always solid, good, never miss a bowl game. Always win six games. I mean, it's been 20-plus years since Oklahoma State was out of Mike the bowl. Mike Gundy's never had a right? losing record. He's never had a losing record. Sorry, never not made a bowl game. But, that, yeah. That's incredible. Yes. And then you want a few years where you're contending. And BYU will get so, to yeah, that. Yeah, we, we all hope that BYU never has to have another losing season ever again. Yes. And, you know, it's been few and far between uh, the last 50. What, four seasons? Four, yeah. And three were consecutively and got a head coach fired here between 2002 and Two on my mission. Like, I felt like that was a blessing for me personally that I missed those, but that's another subject. Yeah, but before that, I mean, Lavelle didn't have a losing season at BYU from 1973 until... 72. Yeah. 72. He didn't, he didn't do it. He didn't, he didn't have a losing season after his second season at BYU. They were four and six. That and was it. Last year. That was it. We all hope for that. We all hope for that. Yep. Okay, uh, topic two. Fox football analyst Brock Heward uh, said the following about which B Big 12 newcomer will win a Big 12 title first. Quote, I think BYU will, 
I think with the demographics they recruit, the culture, the pieces, instability, I think they're far ahead of Cincinnati. Now, mm -hmm. Gus Malzahn in Orlando has a lot of speed, a lot of talent, but I'd probably put BYU right there with UCF as far as on the road to that level. Can you improve your reach? Does it open more doors for recruiting? I do think this move to the Big 12 does that. Do you feel the same way? I think this is optimistic. I, I, I mean, if I'm being fully just transparent here. Which we are I, mostly. I was a little surprised to hear Brock Heward say this because I thought people would lean heavily toward UCF. Because Florida talent. Yes. Yeah. Like the, and Flor Gus. the Florida pipeline with yes. Gus Malzahn, like that's enough for me. If I, if I was outside of the BYU bubble and you're like, okay, you got to pick one of these four teams that's going to win the Big 12 first, you tell me Gus Malzahn and Florida talent, it's like UCF. And right, they're the best of the four teams coming into the conference right now. They're, they're ready to They've got compete -ish. all of those yeah. things kind of going in that direction mm -hmm. in their favor right now. So that would probably be my default answer. But I like the idea of BYU being the first hey, of course newcomer to yeah. win a Big 12 championship. I just wonder what kind of a timeline Brock Heward is thinking of. I'd love to know if he thinks in the next five years. That would be my follow-up question. Win yeah, okay. It's league. like, all right, you think BYU is going to be the first to win a Big 12 title. What kind of a timeline are you giving BYU to achieve that? Is it five years? Is it 10 years? Is it longer than that? I hope it's not. Like, Texas and Oklahoma leave, so that no. changes things, obviously. But I, I, I think you've said before, like, hey, it took Utah 10 years. I'm going to give BYU 10 years. Yeah, I, let's hope it goes earlier. I, I think BYU Could they gets, do it in five? Could they do it in yeah. five with Texas and Oklahoma gone? I think so. I, I do. Um, I, I would agree that uh, my first pick would probably be UCF yeah. because talent. I think BYU culturally and uh, the, the sort of trajectory of the program right now is sure. really high. We're in, a, we're in a real nice spot uh, coming off of 10, 11, and 8 wins. Yes. And there's some real momentum. Like, yes. BYU's recruiting way better. Think about it. Would BYU have gotten Keaton Slovis and Aiden Robbins even five years oh, ago? Gosh. No. no, I, don't, no I don't think so. I think no way. The no Big 12 way. obviously helps, but also Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall have really put BYU back in the quarterback game. BYU's in the left tackle game. Like, wh when does BYU get someone starting left tackle from a Power 5 team? <laughs> Caleb Btn is that guy. Like, and he won't even be the starting left tackle here because BYU has a first-round kind of guy who also is a transfer from Oregon. Like, the Pukas, the Kingsleys, the Keatons, the Aidens. This is the new era of BYU football. In regards to 10 years, I'm hoping BYU, in, by year five, we're like, okay, we got a squad that can win it. Like, we're walking in this year. We are not talking about the Big 12 title whatsoever. That is, that is not a thing we are expecting with this group uh, right away. Okay. But in the next, I think Dave and I talked about it a month or two ago, we'd like to be, BYU to be competitive. Yeah, Meaning yes. like top five, top six, I think, in the next three to five because I, I think with BYU's brand, BYU's reach, BYU's better recruiting, the really good coaching staff that okay. BYU has, that BYU can do that. Okay. Um, and Utah got interesting early-ish, two of the first three years. They had five and seven records, but they were challenging for the South title there. Um, and, and, and frankly, I wish there were divisions for BYU because then you'd have a shot there. Like Wisconsin having uh, good seasons in the Big Ten but winning their division, they would not have been in the Big Ten title game if there were no divisions because it would have been – Ohio State and Michigan dueling it out again. But the Big 12 with no divisions um, after the NCAA rule change sort of changes things where, okay, you have to be like a two-loss team in the regular season to even have a shot there. Um, and if you have a three-loss, maybe it's one of those parity years 
which could be the case in the Big 12. I'm just excited. I am excited about the unknown. Typically, yes. the unknown sometimes yes. is a place of sort of fear or um, the unknown. Is I, ex- I experienced that after the interview with Neil you, Brown. You felt that sort of like looking out in his like, face and be like, how big is this oh place? Oh, my gosh. But it's exciting to be in the Big 12 and figure out those answers not only for BYU but the league. And now we just – we lived on uh, 25 yes, yes. acres by ourselves. Now we're in a <laughs> middle-class suburbia neighborhood where we're like, let's get to know the neighbors. And right now, it's very cordial. Hey, BYU moved into a rich neighborhood. It's okay. Yeah, yes, it did. It's okay. We lived in the neighborhood I don't live in in Mapleton. <laughs> it's going it's, it's to take a little while, but it's okay. And what just like the eureka moment that I had when you were just talking about, you know, competing for a Big 12 title is... Did you say it out loud? Oh, I said it mentally. Okay. <laughs> If BYU legitimately is competing for a Big 12 title, Jeremy, they're in the college football playoff conversation. Yeah. Yeah. That's that, very exciting. You need to go 10-2 and two in the That's regular season. That's very exciting. Yeah. But to compete for a Big 12 title, you probably have to do that. You might. Yeah. At least. Right? You probably have you to go 10 You've got to have two. the greatest year in BYU football history. Oh, isn't 84 that? Oh, man. That team's losing two or three games if they're in this Big 12. Like, it's not. You, you don't have those games that you were playing that year. That All was right. That was a soft schedule. Our question of the they day. Won all the games, though. What we just discussed after BYU's experience at the Big 12 Media Days and everything that you consumed as a fan and saw, and, and saw on our show for that matter. And ha- still will. Have your expectations changed at all for BYU's first year in Big 12 play? Jeremiah, I always get to read the first response. Let's have you read the first response today. Aaron Murray on Facebook. Uh, I don't think this is the, Georgia, the quarterback? Georgia quarterback turned uh, TV analyst. Nope, just made me more excited, like arriving at the restaurant and checking out the menu. Yeah. You don't know how that experience is going to go, but you're hoping it goes well. I like that. <laughs> Join Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon for the season premiere of After Further Review coming up next Tuesday at 7 Eastern time as the guys check out the dangerous duo of Puka Nakua and Jaron Hall. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, our interview with the head coach of Oklahoma football, Brent Venables, who said his defense needs to be on an entirely different planet. That's how bad it was last year. Well, how's he going to change that? And what does it mean for BYU? This is BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Hear what the coaches athletes and experts have to say here's another great interview from the week on the best of BYU Sports Nation let's continue our big 12 roundup if you will with BYU football punter Ryan Rico who might be one of the most if not the most athletic dude 6'6 235 on the team move so much so that he's been asked several times to consider different positions has he actually bought into that at all that we asked him, among other things, in Dallas. This is our conversation with Ryan Rico. Ryan, to this point, how would you sum up your Big 12 Media Day experience? Oh, I'd have to say eye-opening. Just the way that they've blown this up, the way that it's, it's just a big stage. It's a really big stage. You walk into the stadium and you see everything out there and you're like, wow, this is... This is awesome. This is just a blessing to be here. Do you have visions of punting an AT&T Stadium at some point? I hope so, man. That is, that's definitely, if I didn't have it before, i definitely have it now. You want to hit the video board, you, don't you? you honestly, I wish I could lace it up and just be like, okay, how high is that thing? Like, let's, let's give it a go. I, I bet you could because I assume you've hit the indoor practice facility. Yeah, ceiling. yeah. Practicing in there isn't as fun as it used to be, but <laughs> it's, it's still great. We get, we get to go out there when there's snow. But other than that, we're not trying to go in there much. You're the only punter here. 
Yeah. What is that like? It's definitely, you feel a little bit out of place. You're like, okay, there's, there's none of my guys here. Like, there's no other specialists, but it's, it's definitely an honor to be able to represent um, BYU. And, I mean, special teams across the, across the conference is pretty strong. So um, definitely an honor, but still a little weird, too. Have you looked at your competition, are you saying? Like, who are the other punters? What's the situation? For sure. And, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, it's a close-knit group. Like, most guys have heard of other guys. And uh, so I've been able to kick with some other guys, too. But, yeah, it's definitely... You want to know who your competition is, and For sure. it, it definitely helps. Do you just need to punt more to get recognized more, Ryan? Is it that simple? Because <laughs> you don't meet the minimums and some I stuff. Know. I wish they didn't have the good. minimums. Yeah. I mean, obviously I want to win games first and foremost, but if we can win games and punt a little bit more, like I'm not opposed <laughs> to that either. But, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely love the opportunities that I get. Okay, career net punt average. Cougar Stats has said you are number two behind Lee Johnson. It's by .1 yard, according to what I can see. He was 46.9, you're 46.8. Do you think okay. you can overtake Lee, who is the greatest punter yeah. BYU's had? You can overtake yeah. the greatest. I would I would love to. I think that would be a pretty, pretty special thing. And, I mean, knowing Lee, knowing the person that he is, I mean, <laughs> it, it, it would be awesome, and it's something like, Man, I can always hold that over Lee, but yes. um, he, he has helped so much in my time here at BYU, and shoot, he'll come out and watch us kick, give us a little pointers and tips there, so it, it would be really cool. It would be an honor, and uh, there's nobody else that I'd rather be, be chasing that for. Sure. There's only one Thunderfoot, which brings up a, a, you know, a conversation. We might need a, a nickname for you. Do you have oh. a nickname? It's always just been Rico. Like Everybody just calls me last name. Yeah. Just okay. un- Uncle Rico. Uncle Rico. That's... Yeah. Nobody's ever just like, hey, Uncle Rico. I mean, you could if you wanted to, but that's definitely not like, uh, not something I'm used to. But how much you bet I could punt this year football over, over them the mountains? mountains? Yes, like no one's I've, pulled that one out. Okay, I've heard okay. that all the okay, time. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. good, all good. the time. Well, he's should. Thunderfoot. Maybe your nuclear foot. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> honestly, uh, and Johnny Linehan has helped this perception. When you go out to punt, I get excited. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, this has not been the case, no offense to any previous punters in BYU history, uh, with anybody else. I bought your T-shirt. I'm a big fan. Oh, yeah. yeah. Man, I'm a it's, big fan. It's something where, I mean, if you can bring a little more, like, goodwill publicity to, like, special teams, because I'm an advocate. Punters are people, too. That's Always what the T-shirt been. says. Always will be. Yep. Um, but, yeah, if there's something that we can do to make the game a little more entertaining, like, I'm all for it. And if punting the ball far or pinning it deep is what it takes, then I want to do it. BYU punter Ryan Rico is with us on BYU Sports Nation. What have you been working on this offseason to perfect the craft? Oh, that's that's really something like perfecting the craft. You hear so many people talk about it, and I feel like punting is one of those things where there's always something more you can do. And uh, I think that's like a good thing and a bad thing because it's good. You're always pushing yourself. You're always striving to to make those those gains, to, to find ways that you can help your team. But you can almost, like, look too far into it. You can overthink a lot of things. And so it, it really is just finding that balance. And I think that's something that this offseason has helped me with is, okay, I just got to go figure out what I do best and, and own that, make it my own. And um, I think this year has been – this summer, this offseason has been great so far with that. You're 6'6", 235. At some point we heard that you were asked to, if you wanted, potentially play D lineman. Can you clarify that story? Yeah, so when I got back off my mission, gray shirting and everything, like trying to put the put good weight back on, um, I would see Coach Lamb and Coach Tuiaki in the weight room, and they're just like, Rico, you sure you you just want to punt? Like, you're serious about this punting thing? I'm like, you guys recruited me as that. Like, that was the sell. I was like, yeah, come in and punt. And so there was definitely tight end, 
linebacker, DN. And the whole time I'm just like, no, you guys came in. You guys brought me in a punt. I'm content doing that. I love what I do. You weren't tempted? Never, never. Oh. Yeah. It was, like, flattering. I was like, yeah, they think I could go play this position. That'd be great. <laughs> but it was never, like, a real, man, should I should I change positions, anything like that. Because your best shot of the NFL is punter. I would say so, yeah. yeah. There's there's a lot of 6'6", 230 guys out there that can probably move a lot faster than me, jump higher, but as far as punting goes, like I, th- I think I'm up there. Yeah, but yeah. Do they have unique. a fake punt for like 50 yards or whatever yeah. in 2020? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I might, I might have that over some of them. <laughs> it doesn't mean you can't punt the ball and go lay somebody out, too. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. Let's go. See, if, if I can punt, and if I don't make a tackle in my whole career, I'll be like, okay, I think I did my job pretty well if – if I don't have to get to that point. You don't point, need sure. a Matt Payne moment, Boise State? I mean, I would love that. Like, I still watch. Those videos are crazy, man. Like, that is the <laughs> coolest hit. You're like, that's a punter. Let's That's go. And he did it twice. I know. In the, the yeah, same in guy? The same, yeah. In the same spot? It was nuts. So, I mean, I see that, and you're like, man, do you think I could do that? <laughs> if the opportunity comes, hopefully we could take advantage of it. But I honestly hope I don't get in that, that uh, situation. <laughs> hey, Ryan, it's great to have you with us in Dallas at Big 12 Media Days. As part the of punter at Big 12 <laughs> Football Media Days. The punter. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you, We'll guys. be right back with more of the best of BYU Sports Nation. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. Cougar Whip Round presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. At Big 12 Football Media Days on Sirius XM Radio, Commissioner Brett Yormark said the following regarding the conference's media deal. I'm just so thrilled that we got our deal done early because I'm not sure that deal exists today. What does that mean, Spence? It means the Pac-12's in trouble. Like If we're reading we between know. the lines there and that deal does not exist today, well, who needs a deal right now? Other than the Pac-12. A team that's doing its media day this Friday. Yes, it is but, a conference that's doing their media so, day this Friday. So if if the Pac-12 had gone on and then it early, the Big 12 would be in trouble? In Maybe. Situation I, don't, I don't know. But I think Brett Yormark is just too much of a mover and a shaker to not sit around. Like, even if the Big 12 were the last one to secure it, he would have done it right after the Pac-12. Like, it would not have gone this long. I feel like the Pac-12 is going to get a deal, and it might yeah. be on Apple TV Plus. And there, but will they have the exposure that the Big Ten and the SEC and now the Big 12 are going to have? Probably not, because those avenues have shut. ESPN and Fox were the best possible situation for the Big 12. Obviously, if you can get on straight-up homey network television on ABC, CBS, you know, we have to, that's great too. But this isn't where you need the rabbit ears and just some of the friends in the neighborhood have cable. Everybody's got access to ESPN, ESPN2, yes. ESPNU, Fox, and, and FS1. Now, if you're dabbling in the, the sort of others that are outside the traditional linear networks, that can be difficult. And that's where the Pac-12 is at the moment. There's only so much space in the day for college yeah. football. Like ESPN can't take everybody. Right. Apple TV Plus is intriguing because they've got a ton of money and it's a streaming service. But is also, Apple it's a streaming service. Is Apple TV Plus going to be streaming at Chili's and Applebee's and no, that, Buffalo Wild Wings? No. It's going to be streaming at Aubergine Kitchen. <laughs> okay? And who wants to see that with Oregon State and Mizzou? Like, like, yeah, let me I'm going to go to Aubergine Kitchen and watch the Utah game. <laughs> the best what? thing what? that the Big Twelve could have done, done of all this innovation and creativity and outside the box thinking was to go get that TV deal as soon as possible. Yeah. And they did. Yeah, amen to that. Yeah. Brett Yormark, 
Positive disruption is the phrase like in that. his mantra, right? The Locked On Baylor podcast recently talked about takeaways from BYU after Big 12 Media Days, which included this, Kalani Satake being jacked. Is Satake the most jacked head coach <laughs> in the Big 12? He's got some natural strength. Like, uh, you know, he's probably yes. still in the weight room. He's not getting after like he did earlier, but... Those calves, dude. They're first team All American. Like you're not to no, tell no me. No coach has calves like like uh, Kalani. He's still got it. I feel like he could still full back his way into a, a goal line situation like he did with Jamal Willis in 1994. Does anybody want to deal with Kalani when he has the crazy eyes? Like <laughs> <laughs> 2016 Utah, we saw it, and uh, then the sarcastic Kalani came out, and that's my favorite version of him. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so funny. Scary, but funny. I don't even know who would be second. Lance Leipold was a pretty big dude. Yeah, Lance is a big guy, but he's very, he's just kind of like very calm and, yeah. you know. Well, so is Kalani. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't see, I don't know if he has like a crazy switch. Listen, Sark, Sark, that switch went off for Sark last year. We saw it. You know what I think might have a crazy switch? Coach Vanderbilt's at Oklahoma. I think that guy's probably oh, yeah. got, a, he's got a crazy switch. I asked him about the get-back guy. Yeah, because at Clemson, he was famous for, like, <laughs> being halfway on the field. Okay. On the eve of the Big 12 Rucker Park event in New York last night, the Hard Rock Hotel created a menu of Big 12-inspired cocktails. What? Which included the Cosmopolitan okay. for BYU. That includes a classic Negroni, edible Negroni, <laughs> botanist gin, Campari and Carpano Antica Vermouth. Well, I was gonna say it's no know, good unless there's vermouth. I don't know what those are, frankly. Do we need a virgin cosmopolitan BYU <laughs> athletic event? We need a virgin daiquiri, a virgin margarita, we and a virgin all cosmopolitan at all, yeah. all the BYU events. We barely have iced tea with Arnold Palmer. <laughs> We're like nervous about iced tea with a word of wisdom. You know what I'm saying? That's hilarious that they did a BYU can one. Can I get, can Do you, you imagine going to like the Smith Fieldhouse and like ordering a virgin pina colada? <laughs> I would love it. Right before I hang out with Amy or Steve, that's great. Yes, start yeah, but it, yeah, cosmopolitan, very clever. That's, that's funny. In Provo, you but need, it needs to be a virgin. Know your audience. Uh huh. Yeah. Houston posted a Meet Our Big 12 Conference Peers page on its website. In the BYU section, the Cougars have acrobatics and tumbling, as well as equestrian listed as sports <laughs> BYU sponsors. Sorry, what? Is this some type of breaking news? I, I, apparently, they're going to add wrestling and gymnastics, too. I, I saw this this morning, and I was like, what? did they get the wrong info from somebody? Uh, they also listed the endowment at 1.97 bill, so I'm wondering how accurate that is. But um, How do they know? Yeah, just so everybody knows, BYU does not have acrobatics and tumbling. They have gymnastics, and they don't have equestrian, which is like the most Big 12 sport I can think of. Yeah, and also the endowment's not public. It's a yeah. private university. Well, it's probably off the side. <laughs> Somewhere in the legal it's, it's, documents. Like yeah. Fievel said, somewhere out there. All right. Uh, nice. SEC Media Days will be held in Dallas next year. Is it now a copycat league? <laughs> no, but it's funny to think that, right? Like, oh, you oh, saw what we yeah. did, and now you want uh, in on the fun. Okay, okay. Texas Big 12 trendsetter. Brett Yormark is a trendsetter in some fashion, but in, in this, right? No, Jerry... Jerry Jones is an Arkansas guy and owns Cowboy Stadium, obviously. And with Texas and Oklahoma coming into the conference and him being an Arkansas guy, like this, this has probably been in the works for a while. But they're not going to AT&T Stadium, apparently. Oh, they're not doing it at AT&T Stadium. No. It's there because the Big 12 holds its title game there. 
that's sort of the connection. Where are they going to do it in Dallas if uh, it's not at AT&T Stadium? Ben Bagley, our producer, mentioned yesterday that uh, at the uh, kind of Omni Hotel or something. At a hotel in yeah. Dallas. Yeah. Not, not as cool. Well, then they're definitely not a copycat league because it's not happening at AT&T Stadium. Yeah. What I would like to copy of the SEC is two teams in the playoff. That's what I was like, and a national chip. Just wait for 2025 when there are 12 teams, Jerem, and there will be two teams from the Big 12 in the playoffs. But the SEC will have three or four. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's, that's fun to think. All right, up next, basketball in the Big Apple. You've seen a playoff game there. I did one time, yeah. That's fun. awesome. That's cool. Though this is not at Madison Square Garden. This is from Rucker Park, mm. historic place. Mark Pope joins us live from New York next to discuss the Big 12 and their role in this event. This is BYU Sports In Nation. New York! This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Join the conversation 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the hashtag BYUSN. The best of BYU Sports Nation rolls on after this. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. BYUSN, is the Big 12 really the deepest Power 5 conference? Coaches are saying it. And does it even matter? Get on your scuba gear. Plus, we continue our Big 12 Football Media Day coverage with linebacker Ben Bywater. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Monday, everyone. It is July 17th. I am Spencer Linton alongside a man who is happy to be back in Studio B and happy that another countdown is on. Uh, this is my first show in July. Countdown oh, go. Yeah, let's go. Bearcats. <laughs> 47 or 47 days. I, I was going for syncopation. Hit it again. Let's, what are we doing? 47 days? 47 days. 47 days. All right, let's do it again. the Bearcats. 47 days. A little syncopated, a little okay. next level musical. You wanted thing? to take yeah, it yeah, to yeah. that next level of difficulty. This is my first show in studio in July, um, and it feels great. And I love it so much, I'm leaving again next week. When was but, the last um, time you were in studio? Um, June 29th. Thursday, June 29th. <laughs> yes. No, how, how fun was last week? Like, that was, that was so great. fun to be a Big 12 Football great. Media Day. Everyone was spectacular. Um, it was great. The SEC liked it so much. They're going to go to Dallas next year. This just coming out for Brett McMurphy for their SEC media day. Of course days. they will. They saw what Brett Yormark did. And listen, <laughs> it was awesome. Much <laughs> more on that coming up. Um, and we had such a great time. We recorded 27 interviews. We only aired about half of those. You're going to see those throughout the next two weeks prior to fall camp on this program, which brings us to today's show, the pros and cons of Big 12 football parody. We will break it down. Mm -hmm. Daniel Schneeman is tearing it up in AAA. He chats with Spencer. Did Cosmo win media day? The video you need to see. And the incredible Tyler Algier stat where he led the NFL in what? That and much more coming up in the next hour. Plenty of reasons to rise and shout. Let's get to what's trending. I think that's the beauty of this conference is everyone can compete any given Saturday. I believe we are once again the deepest conference in America. Ooh, those are the words of the commish. Near the echo of AT&T Stadium. Yes, he presented and it was quite the presentation to all members of the media in Dallas at the, on the Cowboy Star, essentially. And he feels like, in a way, 
the Big 12 is the star of Power 5 conferences in being the deepest top to bottom. That's one angle for it, right? You don't have the best teams in the country, like the top end, but the depth, certainly good. Perhaps the most competitive. And he's not the only one that is buying into that. Here's Gus Malzahn, UCF's head coach on the Big 12 as a deep conference. You know, there's no weeks off. Most schedules, matter of fact, most other Power Five uh, conferences, there's a couple weeks that you can kind of catch your breath. You can't. And uh, it's real special. And I don't know about BYU, but we have five road games, the new kid on the block, conference games. That's no joke. And then we play Boise State on the road, too. That's no treat, as y'all know. <laughs> yes. So our schedule <laughs> is, is like one of the toughest schedules probably in the country. Um, and then you just said it. I mean, the, it's top to bottom. It's as good as it gets. No chance to take a breath. We should remind you. I like you. that he admitted that, oh, by yeah. the way. Yeah. <laughs> like what Coach said. Absolutely. Says. Oh, yeah. When we play uh, Vanderbilt, it's easy. This loaded What's Trending conversation presented by Feastbox, donating 10% of every order to Full of Hope, a charitable organization that feeds hungry families. He brings up some interesting points for sure. And when we looked at BYU schedule, we had the same thought. Okay, outside of two non-conference games, where's BYU's breath? Where's where's the auto, the auto win? That's an automatic. There win. are none. Zero. There are Kansas no wins used like to that. be that, but even two years ago they won at Texas, and then last year obviously had the resurgence where they went to a bowl game for the first time in 500 years. Yeah, West Virginia is quote unquote picked to be the worst team in the conference, and Neil Brown, their head coach, was super fired up about them being overlooked, and then he presented, look, we got one of the better offensive lines in the country that comes back. We feel like we have a budding running back star, and I'm thinking. If West Virginia is the worst team, maybe there is something to this deepest power five yeah. conference or most competitive. So, Jerem, straight up, are you buying into the idea that, as several coaches and the commissioner, Brett Yormark, have said, the Big 12 is the deepest power five conference? I, I think when you look at all five and you assess the bottom, because we're not looking at the top. We're looking at, like, mainly, like, hey, how's the bottom half? Yes. That's what we're looking yes. at. How deep is this pool? Can I touch the bottom or not? Um, are my ears going to explode when I dive in head first here? The answer is yes, your ears will explode. Because, that, yes, I think top to bottom, there's not a team that's just a gimme, right? And Kansas, again, changed that. Like in the SEC, I mean, Vandy went from 2-10 and 10 to 5-7, and seven, just re-upped their coach this morning, by the way. Um, it, it, you look at certain schools, like Stanford has struggled recently uh, in, in the Pac-12, but even Washington State's interesting. Oregon State had this resurgence. SEC is tough, though. Like, SEC is pretty stinking good. I know Vandy is the the butt of the jokes, but besides that, like, if you just say SEC, it's tough. So probably is, is Missouri good in the SEC? No, but like, I'm I'm uh, intimidated in the same way as you say at West Virginia at Missouri. The same, like, the name quality. Yeah, uh, yeah, name brand. Those are SEC players. Like, come on now. Um, so yeah, but when you look at sort of okay, how how bad are your bad teams? In the S, it's, this is one metric. It's not everything, but it's something. SP plus post spring. Mm-hmm. The worst team was 61st, Kansas. BYU, by the way, at 60 was the second lowest rated. There's a lot of teams there that are interesting. The other Power Five teams all had a team past that uh, conferences. 79, Virginia, yep. the ACC. 83, Northwestern, um, and, and those issues. 95, Stanford. 103, Colorado, even worse, right? It, those are tough. I'd have to look at SEC. I can't. Can't remember where uh, Vandy would be in that, but if you look at the bottom, it's it's pretty good. Like all you're telling me, all 14 are in the upper half in SP plus, like of that's, college football. That's yeah. tough. There's not like a team in the 70s, 80s, 90s, 
and today, if it was an FM radio station. This is difficult, but my, my concern sort of with parity is, will the Big 12 have the Pac-12 problem, which is too much parity, and you never have a one-loss team that gets you into the playoff. Remember, a two-loss team has never made the four-team playoff. When it's an extended playoff starting next season, so does that's it matter? different. But looking at this year, um, it's been TCU's run. They had to go undefeated in the regular season to merit playoff despite loss to Kansas State. And yeah, they were so good they got in with a loss in that championship yes, game. Yes, but if you have one loss, you're in the mix. Um, Oklahoma in 15, 17, 18, 19. Like, Oklahoma's leaving. So the parity of the league is fun because every week it's interesting. But I think for the overall health of the league, you are – mostly defined by how good the top-end team is or teams are. Okay. No one hands out a trophy for parity. No one's saying, oh, congratulations, Pac-12. You had five teams ranked in the top 25 in the final AP poll of the regular season last year. No one cares. But um, is it fun week to week knowing there's a big game? Sure, 100%. but it also means your chance of actually being a team that gets to the title game like BYU is lessened because it's almost too good. I'm all... You almost had, like Utah has benefited a little bit from one being a great team, but two they haven't always had to go through the main, uh, the big dogs in certain years to get to the Pac-12 title game. They've had to go through a couple, but they haven't had it like loaded with the top ends until you get to that Big 12 well, title the game. The point is to get to that game. With Utah in the mix, hasn't really sniffed the college football playoff. They've not had a team that only had the one loss since is it since Washington in 2016. It's Utah been seven had years. one loss going into the Big 12 title game in 2019 and lost that, then lost to Texas in the Al- or, uh, Alamo Bowl. That was their chance at that point. So depth is, is good, but I don't know that it's as valuable as, as we think. Like, so what? I had a great conversation with our friend Brett McMurphy, who we finally had a chance to speak with in person. I mean, we've talked to him over the years, over the phone, over Zoom, and we've had lots of interactions with him. But it was just fun to sit down and talk to him for 10 minutes. And he was said, the mustache as glorious as it, it was. Like okay, it was fantastic. Good, 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 good. It, it was true to an Oklahoma State alum. <laughs> Get, That's what we expect. It fit, yeah. Whiskey Pete, is that the name of their mascot? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> it fit that persona. Brett was awesome. Very gracious with his time. And he said, well, do you think BYU can get to six wins? And we kind of went through the schedule, and he's like, I've got them in my bowl projections. I think that there are at least six wins on the schedule. Mm-hmm. But he's like, it's weird. This conference, about half of the conference could win five games or win seven games. He, he's like, there's no other conference in America yeah. that I feel the same way about mm-hmm. – when it comes to teams that could swing from five to seven, at least the number of teams that could do that. And so I thought about that, and I was like, yeah, that makes it very compelling, especially late in the season when teams are trying to get bowl eligible. A context we have not sort of had, right? which is, oh, uh, what bowl game are we going to if we qualify? Yeah, so there is context in that, which is fun. Being part yeah. of the Big 12 Conference, every game, especially late in the season, matters if you're trying to get into a better bowl game. Like, hey, BYU wins again at Oklahoma State, the final game of the season. They're going to bump up a line in the bowl you know, lineup and get a million dollars more, whatever. Like, those things are now Divided in, by 14. in play. So that's, <laughs> I mean, it's it's fun to look at it that way, and I agree with Brett. Like, there are seven, at least seven teams that could swing from five to seven wins this season and be bowl eligible. But to your point, it does not help in this year's college football playoff. The great news is it doesn't really matter after one year. Once the college football playoff expands to 12 teams, now you've got a shot for a conference that has a lot of parity to get a two-loss team still into the playoff. 
That could happen in a 12-team playoff. For right? sure. And so it maybe just doesn't matter after this year. team, depending on how that how goes. How good you are, how tough your schedule is. I would say SEC Big Ten are more likely to get a, a couple in there. But, yeah, you want to be in a position. BYU needs to be in a position where it, it can at some point have a two-loss year where it makes the extended playoff. That is, that is the end game goal for BYU. The Big 12 title obviously gets you there. But to me, the biggest goal that BYU could have realistically is to get to the playoff. Because yeah. now you're actually playing for a national championship. It's, before it was like, oh, if we could somehow get to a New Year's Six, it's, it's in you know, the team room um, as one of the stated goals. To me, that was the top of the mountain. Like a national title was not a realistic situation for BYU um, because it, needs to, it needed to be a one-loss team. Now, now in the extended playoffs starting next year, as you mentioned, if you are a two-loss team, you are very likely to be in the playoff. There, there, I'd have to look to see how many two-loss teams there are per year, but I feel confident that a two-loss BYU yeah. probably gets in the playoff. There but, are a bunch Spence, of two-loss teams means, in the top 12. Yes, that means you're probably one loss going into the Big 12 title game because obviously if you win it, you're in. Or do you have two losses and somehow you got to the title game? You win and you, the game, yeah. That, that's another you path just to get in. You, you can't be I, – I, I don't feel good about a three-loss – Big 12 team feeling confident that it's getting into the playoff. That's going to be tough outside of the we'll SEC. Outside out. of the SEC, really. And Big Ten maybe a little bit. The Big Ten. Because they love them some oh, the Ohio Ten. State, Michigan, sure. Penn State's types. Yeah, yeah. So outside of those two top tier conferences, it, it's going to be tough. So I, I don't even know that a three loss team in the Big Ten is going to get in. So just how about lose two well, or fewer and then when you get yourself When a you shot. got that wide of Penn State, it sure looks nice. Like there's brand <laughs> association. Um, also, this. We've always valued Power 5 wins here. It's yeah. been a big deal as a group of five team or an independent to get a Power 5 win. This will get, um, not old, but we will become familiar with it and therefore not as sort of amazed, right, um, with Power 5 wins. Every win BYU has in the Big 12 will be very valued and precious. The first couple of years we're going, oh my gosh, BYU won this conference game in the Big 12. Like, if BYU wins at Kansas, it's like, oh, that's a, that's a Power 5 Conference win, win. In, on the road. Yes. Yes. So every one of those uh, will, will, be, will be gobbled up like the first food you consume on Fast Sunday when you get home. Like, wow, this tastes great, even <laughs> though it's just mediocre uh, Mac, Kraft and, uh, you know, Kraft Mac and cheese or whatever. That normally tastes fine. Yes. Yeah, but right then it tastes great. Like, Iowa, beating Iowa State in a given year, like, oh, that's a nice win. But this year it'd be like, oh. That really helped us. It helped BYU get to six or wins yes. or whatever. Yes. Yes. All, all of the wins – will feel nice, especially in year number one, as BYU chases down a bowl game as its minimum threshold for success. Yeah, all of these things are going to feel fantastic in the win column when they come, especially wins in November, because BYU hasn't even had an opportunity, for the most part, to get a meaningful November win, let alone a meaningful November conference yes. win. Yes. Jerem, it's been forever. They used to be Utah. You, you were it's waiting for that game. It's been forever since 2009 when BYU last had a meaningful conference win yes. in November. Okay, we're forgetting. At Boise State and at Stanford, those were good wins they were last wi- year. They were meaningful. At USC in 21. But you're right. The conference context changes things. Um, Granted, the USC win in 2021 did clinch the de facto Pac-12 South Yes, title. it did. 21, you don't have a P5. <laughs> you lose to San Diego State and Hawaii at the end. 2018, you're up 20 to nothing against Utah. I don't want to talk about it. You know, 2017 stunk. Yeah, 16, you just don't have meaningful games. It's all G5s. 20, yeah, yeah. It, it's just been a minute since 
November, <laughs> this is like the greatest November in BYU football history, is it not? Like, yes. W- what BYU has, what is on the line in terms of, hey, make sure you're getting to listen a bowl to game. Listen to the opponents. Oklahoma's coming to L- Provo. Listen to the opponents. At West Virginia, Iowa State at home, Oklahoma in Provo, at Oklahoma State on Thanksgiving week. It brings a smile to my face. <laughs> it's very exciting. It's, it is unique. Uh, parody will be fun. Not going to benefit the Big 12 Conference this year in a four-team playoff, but pushing forward, frankly, 12 teams, it probably gets you ready for a 12-team sure. playoff better. And, and the best news about the parody is, well, why doesn't BYU have a shot at this like everybody else? Like once Oklahoma and Texas leave, BYU's yeah. got as good of a shot as almost everybody in the league. Like, why not? Yes. What, why would that suddenly 96 BYU football team, suddenly 01 BYU football team, add that amazing start, that 06 team, all of those teams came off of like yeah. six and six years the year before, seven and fives. Can this BYU team have one of those special seasons? And there's not a Georgia-Alabama sitting there. Like, BYU ran into Gonzaga, right, in, in WCC play, where it was like, as good as BYU is, it will not win the league. There's no like, Gonzaga that, basketball that in Big 12 football. Yes, that does not exist. And th- that's right now. one of the benefits of the parity of the league. But yes. it is dangerous that there's not one because maybe the league misses out on a second team in the playoff consistently. Hopefully there's two. Our question of the day, is the depth of the Big 12 Conference good or bad mm. for BYU specifically? Ed Kemp the third on Facebook answers, quote, in the long run, it'll be good to help develop BYU's depth and stamina, but it may be a painful growing experience in the meantime. Amen. It, it, listen, it's going to be painful. There's going to be a season where BYU doesn't make a bowl game in here somewhere, and it's just part of the deal. I hope not, but honestly, I would expect one in at least one in the next three or four years. It's just part of the deal. Yeah. Like, you stumble, you get hurt, a couple pieces here and there. Can BYU get the depth to sustain that to where you avoid that? And depth is not familiarity. Do not be fooled by this, especially in fall camp. Depth is quality of backup. It's not just because I know who it is doesn't mean they're going to be good. You just need quality players behind you. And BYU did that. I feel like BYU is deeper than last year. Might even be deeper than 21. It's just are the starters better than the starters of 21 and 22. Hey, no gimmies in this conference. Just thinking about a hypothetical context of maybe BYU on November 18th on Senior Day can spoil Oklahoma's opportunity to go to the Big 12 championship game. You know, something like that. If they're that good. You beat Oklahoma in Provo. They don't go to the Big 12 title. And chances are if Oklahoma is 8-2 going into that game, week 11, that they are ranked – Ninth yeah, or something. You know what I mean? Maybe a top like, 10 team, top 20 And we'll team. see if Oklahoma rebounds. You know, there's a chance they don't. Like, they're getting a lot of love, and they've been the king of this conference. We always talk about Texas. It's actually Oklahoma. Oklahoma has been the bee's knees in the Big 12. Burnsy on Twitter answers, bad for Burnsies. BYU's win totals and fan expectations, but good for exciting games, which means more eyeballs watching, which means more television money on the next media deal. So good for BYU in that. We're already talking about the next media deal? After 26? After 2031. <laughs> oh, yeah, after 31? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm glad you brought up the Texas hasn't been the king because Sark was very quick to point that out. No, 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 no. You said Texas. We haven't picked to win the conference since 09, and they won it in 09 with Colt McCoy. But it's been Oklahoma primarily or somebody else who's been picked to win the Texas conference. Texas downplaying something. But That's amazing. If they're not number one, they're typically like <laughs> they're number, number two. two. <laughs> Come on now. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. 
This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Welcome back to the show, our question of the day. Focusing on percentages, like what percentage chance you give BYU to win six games, a.k.a. get to a bowl game, because the Athletics says 20%. 20%! That's 100% sticks. All right, our elite voice today, presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated, comes in from Greg Romano on Twitter, who says, 100%! My dog! But then again, I'm a fan. <laughs> and my, he says, rose-colored glasses are tinted royal blue. Aren't they all? Today was a Navy day, by the way. We've said this before, but we don't talk we about don't wardrobe talk. beforehand. No. Like, if we wear the same shirt, it's just fate. Just We were always <laughs> going to do it. That's harder to do now because uh, the polo section has good, gotten pretty wide. We're blessed. Hashtag blessed. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that wraps up the best of BYU Sports Nation this week. Tune in next Saturday for the Cougar news you need to hear. And catch the BYU Sports Nation simulcast every day at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific on BYU TV and BYU Radio.